when I finished my high school, I went to JSARGE for fire science to still kind of figure out if that was something that I wanted to do as a career path. If not, I could have just changed my major and figured something else out. But I really liked it. And then a couple of my classes were taught by uh, retired Chief Graham. Mm -hmm. And he preached and preached and preached about some Chesterfield stories and all this. I was like, man, that's so cool. So between him and then whenever I decided to take my fire one and two, once I got in with a volunteer department, which happens to also be Goochland, again, also out of Hanover, um, Chief Parrott taught my fire one, and then the chief of the county now is Chief Eddie Ferguson. Eddie Ferguson. So I'm a, all of my mentors have been from Chesterfield, so I just, I've had multiple people tell me it's a great place to work for, for career development and stuff like that. I'm your host, Robbie Dawson, and this is episode 18 of the podcast, but uh, it's really a second part of a three-part series I was working on, uh, getting to talk to three new members of the fire service, uh, three recently graduated uh, firefighters from Chesterfield's uh, recruit schools, got an opportunity to sit down with each of them for a little while and learn a little bit more about their backgrounds, uh, their motivations, and, and what their careers have been like thus far, and uh, what their plans are for the future. Always a interesting conversation with those guys and gals. Uh, and today's episode with Kyle Walden is no different. Just a real quick co correction I have to make. Uh, in, the, in the episode with Kyle, I was talking about Joy Wallace. And uh, just a, an apology to her. I, I used her maiden name. She's now Chief Joy Nicely, who's the uh, training chief for Chesterfield Fire and EMS. So, uh, when I'm mentioning Joy Wallace in this uh, episode, just know that I'm, I'm talking about Chief Joy Nicely from Chesterfield. So with that, please enjoy this episode with firefighter Kyle Walden from Chesterfield Fire and EMS. We'll just get started. And uh, Kyle, how did, uh, you know, you, you're, you've got a bit of a family history in public safety service. Is that right? Your dad being in law enforcement? Yes, sir. My dad was a state trooper for roughly 34 years. He did, I think, half of his time on the road as a state trooper, and then at some point switched over to EPU, which is Executive Protection. Oh, so you get to hang out with the governor. Yeah, he did a, maybe four or five governors worth for wow. their terms, and then after that finally retired, and then he went back to work for uh, the state as a background investigator. So he's done that most of his life. So as I became more and more interested in trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I wanted to follow his footsteps at first, and he wanted to actually be he actually thought about being a fireman at first as well. So he was more interested in about it. So we started checking out firehouses and stuff like that and talked more about it, and here I am. Wow. Well, did your dad spend all of his time around Richmond? Obviously, with the EPU, he had to be around Richmond. But yeah, when he switched to that side, yeah, most of it. I mean, he, they, they did a bunch of trips to Japan and everywhere else. Wherever he would, wherever the governor was supposed to go for whatever business he, he, he did, was right there. his crew would be the one to go kind of case the place or check out everything and make sure everything was good to go for his his visit right. what about his road time was he all around richmond or did he was he in other areas of the state oh all over yeah. well kudos to your dad and thanks to him for his service uh, yes, we, i got to work with a couple of state troopers over my time with some time on med flight and mm -hmm. obviously worked with a few of them in the field uh, always always top-notch people to work with and uh, appreciated what they did but uh so he, he he didn't really drive you to the law enforcement side of the shop he kind of yeah. Let you, let you go to the evil dark fireman side? Yeah, of course. 
I said I wanted to do that job at one point, and then as I got older and figuring out more and more what their job was going to entail, he did not really want me to do that. He thought maybe I could do something better because the way it was kind of changing and what how you know PD is kind of working now, mm-hmm. it just he thought that I would have more fun with fire instead of the way he went through things. Plus, he enjoy, he'd always enjoyed fire, so he had more of an interest to kind of live it through me instead. So well, there you go. Did he get, did he get to pin your badge on you when you uh, when you graduated recruit school? Actually, my mom, I gave my mom that pleasure. There you go. Yeah. Uh, when, he, when you get promoted, your dad will get that one. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. Um, so did you grow up around Richmond, or where, where were your high school years spent? I went to high school over in Atlee, so I'm in, I've been in Hanover my whole life, okay. and I'm still there. So you're still living in Hanover? Yes, sir. So why did you go with Chesterfield versus going to maybe Hanover or some of the other departments? So when I went through... When I finished my high school, I went to JSARCH for fire science to still kind of figure out if that was something that I wanted to do as a career path. If not, I could have just changed my major and figured something else out. But I really liked it. And then a couple of my classes were taught by uh, retired Chief Graham. Mm -hmm. And he preached and preached and preached about some Chesterfield stories and all this. I was like, man, that's so cool. So between him and then whenever I decided to take my fire one and two, once I got in with a volunteer department, which happens to also be Goochland, again, also out of Hanover, um, Chief Parrott taught my fire one, and then the chief of the county now is Chief Eddie Ferguson. Eddie Ferguson. So I'm a, all of my mentors have been from Chesterfield, so I just, I've had multiple people tell me it's a great place to work for, for career development and stuff like that, so that's what drove me there. I, said, I put in an application, and I knew I was going to put in for multiple places, like they all said, and just Chesterfield was the first one that hired. Cool. So had, uh, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about how you got involved, what what went on in Goochland? You were a volunteer there. How long did you serve as a volunteer in the, one of the stations up there? I was a volunteer for, I'd say, two, maybe three years before I got picked up by Chesterfield, and I'm still out there now. Still volunteering? Yeah. Whenever I can get a chance to go out there, I go up there with the guys and kind of just get back a little bit and train with them and just hang out with them a little bit. Oh, there you go. So when did uh, when did you get hired um, by Chesterfield? The first time I got hired was Jul- my first. The day of my recruit school was July fifteenth, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yes, sir. And uh, you said the first time, and um, it, when uh, Joy Wallace and I kind of had a conversation about, it, I was asking her for some, some of the young guns, some of the new folks uh, in the department, maybe some interesting stories and interesting people to talk to. Uh, she relayed kind of the thing that impressed her about you was your attitude and ethic, because you wind up with two attempts at this recruit school thing you want to tell me about that story yeah so I finished I came into the field only having my fire cert so I had fire one two hazmat all the all that stuff that was a you know walk in the park for me pretty much I'm very hands-on all that stuff and then when it came to EMS I I liked the thought of it as well but I just did more hands-on I just don't do well with test taking so when it came to getting my EMT experience the EMT class that we took throughout Chesterfield versus the NREMT test was just so different that I wasn't really prepared for it and how to answer those questions appropriately. So I knew the material. I just didn't know how to answer those questions and how that test is so different than just a multiple choice test that you have in class. But uh, let's see, it started from July 15th, and I think they ended up graduating around December 20th. And when it got closer and closer, I had three attempts to take the test. And I think each time I would meet with the instructor and we kind of go over some stuff like that and we were just grasp, grasping the knowledge fine but we were still using a multiple choice type test and I, I thought we were doing fine and then 
Um, after that, I took the test the last time, and we were kind of out of options. So me and I think th two other people we had with us also had didn't have any success with the test, and they took it the same amount of times. And they, uh, I think, uh, close to our day that we were supposed to figure out, because we were split into two groups. So we had pre-fire certs and non-pre-fire certs. So my group was able to go to the field and start their experience time and ride. And then once the rest of the class finished up, they would graduate, we all graduate together. Well, that time for my group to move on to the station, and I had a, the meeting with Chief and a couple other the guys with me, uh, kind of, so this has never kind of happened, but we, you know, we like the motivation you guys have. Y'all seem like you really want to be here. Y'all are seriously trying. We see what y'all are doing in recruiting school, at home, just the dedication from everybody else that y'all want to be here. So, you know, this is kind of what we've come up with, and this, you know, hasn't happened in Chesterfield County history, so we're going to go ahead and do with this option, and Chief Center's okay with this. And I was like, okay. I mean, because it was clear from day one that you get one shot, <laughs> and then that's it. That's the standard, yeah. Yeah, so you got three attempts to take that, and then, you know, if you didn't make it, I, I was assuming I was going to have to find another job somewhere else or reapply when the hiring process came back and I could, you know, grasp material. But the option came to me that was – if I got my EMT within six months of the day that I was resigned, because I was able to either quit slash be fired or resign and therefore, therefore take the test and come back. So I took the option, obviously, to take the EMT and try it again. And sure enough, within two months of studying and the time period that you need for the NREMT to retake the test, I passed at that time. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted that job. I wanted to be back at the firehouse and graduate with my people and do everything else that I was already doing. I had that much motivation still left to do it. So I called Chief Hawkins one or uh, Captain Hawkins one day, and he said, "All right, I'll let everybody know, and I'll give you, give you a call when we know something." And back, you know, now you're back at it. Oh, back at it, full speed. Well, I'll I'll share with you this quote uh, for you and the listeners that uh, Chief Wallace wrote. He said, uh, "Quote: The day I told him we were separating him from his employment with CFEMS, I reached out to shake his hand and said, I hope to see you.'" again, end quote, and he, she said, he looked me straight in the eyes, gripped my hand, and said, Chief, you will see me again, and uh, that, that was the, the quote she wrote in a note to me, and said, this, this is the interesting story, is this guy never gave up, was dedicated, knew what he had to do, and achieved that goal, and um, it's not quite the uh, Terminator's, I'll be back, yeah, but, <laughs> but but it certainly made an impression on her, and I'm certain made, made an impression on the department, and uh, Glad to see you're, you're back back with your recruit school. Or did you graduate with the same recruit you went through with or with the I, next group? I did not. I actually had my own little space because they were in between recruit schools, either hiring some new ones, the current recruit school that was, I think, a pre-cert class at the time, and my guys had already graduated December 20th, so I wasn't going to actually walk with them. I was actually present for that graduation and shook everybody's hand because I wanted to be there for them. Oh, nice. I spent the time with them. We yeah. did the push-ups. We did planks and everything else. I was, I'm going to be there. There you go. But, you know, and she, she uh, said that, and Chief Center said that that was our option. I had the two options. I was for sure overwhelmed with, you know, obviously this is not what I was expecting to mess up either this much or have this much of a struggle and be able to come back. So she that was the option, and said, oh, I'm going to get it done. And you did, sure enough. So you came back, finished up recruit school. Uh, what year was what, what? About what time frame did you finish up? And were you really cut loose to go back, go into the station full time? 
my start date was around February 20, 22nd, I believe, of 2020. So been on the job full-time, officially, just over a year now. Yes, yeah. sir. I actually just finished my development test on June 8th. So yeah. finally, all the basic level tests have been done. Off probation and everything? Yes, sir. Outstanding. Uh, came out of recruit school and went where? Which station? Station 18, which is Rivers Bend Firehouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. What's uh what's a, what's life like down there these days and uh, living in Rivers Bend or living at the Rivers Bend Fire Station? I know uh, I was in the in the department when that station got built and the the camaraderie between 18 and number six and the volunteers there. What's life like at 18 these days? Right now the life is we've got this new fireboat that's in service and we're getting some guys cut loose and training on that, which I thought was pretty cool because. One of my friends that I went through recruit school is there on B shift, and he's, man, we got a fireboat. We're we're doing all this. We got a new engine, but just kept talking about the fireboat. I was like, well, okay, let's let's. I mean, that's where I'm coming, so we'll see what that's about when it gets here. But between 18 and six, and a lot, the guys mark up usually around Monday nights for their annual meetings. The volunteer crews, yeah. yes, sir. And they'll either staff the engine or the FRV or something like that. So I see them on a, a good handful of EMS calls here and there, and then we some inter-department training whenever we can. Cool. Uh, what's the call load like? I mean, there's a, still an ambulance at 18, right? Yes, sir. We have an engine and the medic and the boat now. And the boat. Yes, sir. Right. But uh, the call volume, it comes in waves. There's one day that it always seems to be that I'm on the medic when the calls like to flow <laughs> in about, I think the last, that last day I ran, it was like a decent seven calls just back to back to back of transports and everybody wants to go to Chippenham or somewhere else that they don't need to go for that type of issue, but I'm like, all right, I'll take the call. You can't Let's talk him into going to Hopewell, which is uh, probably an hour closer. No, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was like, I follow follow my protocols and everything else. This is where I think you should go, but they're like, I don't want to go there. I tell them, either one, one of my partners, I'll take this one. There you it's, go. It's BLS. We'll go with it. There you go. Um, any um, any real big incidents down that way that uh, have happened in the uh, 18 months or so you've, since you've been on the job or – or any of your time in Goochland, what uh, what type of calls that might strike your mind as kind of being the real memorable ones from uh, either a learning perspective or something you were able to accomplish pretty well? I believe the one that first comes to mind, because I've had a lot of MVAs, a lot of overturns, more than I have actual fires yet so far. I know we were, I was still dri- uh, in the process of driver training. I wasn't a cleared MPO yet. We were doing some district training. We were out of, out near Pointer Rocks. I'm sure you know where that mm-hmm. is. We were out there just doing some district training, and a call came out for a, uh, MVA off of 295. And as we're sprinting back to the engine, I keep hearing the comments come over that he the car flipped off of 295 and has landed on the roof on Route 10. So I'm thinking, nah, that's maybe they came off the ramp and just rolled it over. But sure enough, we get there, and my boss at the time was – Lieutenant Hurley. So he gets on the radio, tells everybody what we have, dispatches, you know, the full assignment to it. And I'm talking to one of the bystanders. He actually came through the bridge between both overpasses for 295 and landed on the roof. So between, I guess, northbound and southbound 295, he came between the two? Yes, sir. You can't make this stuff up, man. No. The Hollywood producers are going, let's do this. This would never happen. Well, yeah, it happened. Yeah, no, that one actually happened, and we were the comments we had were PD says it's you know no pulse, no activity, none of that stuff. So we're thinking, okay, we're just going to get there, 
you know, do our thing, clean up, kind of flip the car over and have to do what we have to do. When we get there, we get a Zoll over there, put a four-lead on, and my partner Mike looks at it and he goes, hey, man, uh, we, we got a rhythm here. <laughs> we we got That's something. A we got viable patient. Look at that. Yeah, so we start to uh, – TRT gets on one side, and me and my partner on the other side, we try to – we got a webbing around him, and we pulled him out. And we were able to get him in the back, and they started CPR and everything else they could. He ended up, the patient ended up dying due to the rest of the internal injuries and everything else that happened. But we still had something when we got there. Yeah. Amazing what the body can go through in some cases and still be uh, still be viable, at least to that degree. Definitely. So uh, what's uh, what's the rest of your career planning like? Is uh, I, you mentioned you you got a part time business, like most firefighters who got plenty of time off. Uh, Doing some side business work with excavation. Uh, yes, sir. What what looks what's your fire service career look like? Are you play, wanting to get promoted, go to paramedic, be the fire chief one day? Which one is it? Paramedics definitely in my back pocket now. I just want to make sure I still kind of have my my grounds on the EMS stuff and make sure I'm a really good BLS provider for my ALS provider, and then make sure I once I'm comfortable enough with that, then I'll probably take the test and see where that goes. But Right now, I'm just trying to make sure I'm the best at helping everybody else out. Then I can make the, the transition. I want to make sure I'm ready for that. And then I'd like to be at least a lieutenant one day. There you go. You know, one of the uh, – we were talking earlier about, um, you know, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are kind of in my generation. There's either the soon-to-be retired or recently retired and beyond. And even in my career, it was always, you know, this next generation. Yeah, they don't, they don't appreciate this or they're this or they're that. And um, my experience in talking to you and the other uh, kind of, we'll call them rookies for lack of a better term, first couple of years on the job, uh, that's I, I was clearly mistaken in what I what my impressions were back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, all, everybody's dedicated. You, you, nobody can match the dedication that, that you showed with the with the EMT test and you know kind of the I'll be back mentality. Yes, um, as a as a new firefighter, a couple of years on the job, what would you share with um, some of us old old guys and gals that have been on the job for many years that we may we may not know about your generation coming onto the job well the thing I can see from the most part is everybody that I've been through recruit school with or whether they've been a couple of recruit schools ahead of me or maybe some that are in the field now to get their stuff done everybody wants to they have already plans to either be a lieutenant or captain or possibly a chief they're seeing the possibilities that some departments have to offer, such as Chesterfield, where, you know, honestly, right now, I was given a plan by one of the training captains where, you know, after a certain, uh, certain amount of years and classes taken, this is where I can expect to see myself in, in, you know, X amount of years and stuff like that. So I've seen a lot of people are really dedicated to move up the list and kind of get just get a lot of things done. So still getting after it and not, not really sitting and let, resting on their laurels and Oh no! Playing on their phone like uh, everybody accused the younger generation. All they do is play on their phone. They don't really do the job. It sounds like uh, that's a misnomer, a mistake as well. Oh, definitely not. A lot of guys that I've been in recruit school with, obviously the the age varies from I don't know thirty something, forty years old to as young as eighteen. I guess is when you can start in the department. Everybody's trying to get out there, do some district training, do something, try to ride the front seat, just do as much as you can. So. My favorite thing is driving, so almost every day that I happen to be on the engine, I'm just grabbing the clipboard to hop on the engine. Trying try not to get on the medic so they don't... Uh... Oh, I love my days on the medic now. I have my EMT, so uh, yeah. I can actually perform the skill. I say, the piece of paper is all I needed. There that's, you go. that's what I need. Yeah. It's all, you know, the book, digging into the book and the stress of the reading the reading those words and going, exactly what the heck are they asking here? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, 
make sure I get it. Well, you, now you've you've been through one NR National Registry test. Uh, it's been more than a couple of years since I took my National Registry paramedic, but I'm I'm willing to bet that the same style of questions are there today. So uh, now you're ready for it. Yes, sir. Um, look, looking back at uh, your volunteer time and how you got started in the fire service, uh, what advice would you give somebody who's maybe high school age, maybe just out of high school? Um, they say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this fire department job." What kind of what kind of advice would you give them? You know, I actually had that question asked the other day. I posted a, one of the pictures. I took a, a good picture of the engine or something like that and put a caption up. I think on my one of my Instagram stories or something like that. Um, they reached out to me and they said, hey, man, I, I'm interested in becoming a firefighter at some point. You know, like, what are, the, what are some good steps? And I said, well, the first thing to do with any department that you're kind of curious about, I would go and ask for a ride along. You know, you get, get in the door, kind of ride, at least get a first call, maybe go in, you know, lights and sirens. Cause that's what everybody's looking for to roll down the road, flaring a queue and stuff like that. You get to experience what that's kind of like. And then if you still like that and that really piques your interest, then I would volunteer, get your, you know, actually put your hands on a call, pull some hose, you know, do some EMS stuff on patients, stuff like that, and get get a good hands-on with it because that doesn't cost anything. And then once you figure it out that that's what you want to do, like myself, then you go career because the academy is is no joke. They're going to put you through everything, the Mayday Days and Hell Week. That's, that's a stressful week. So, you know, once you understand that that's what you're getting into, once you volunteer for a, a decent amount of time, that that's what you can see yourself doing for a career, then, you know, it's time to get paid for it. There you go. Um, looking back at recruit schools or your time at, um, you say you went to uh, John Tyler for? Uh, uh, Jay Sarge. Jay Sarge. Mm -hmm. um, looking back at those two programs, taking the EMT piece out of it, because I know that was a bit of a challenge, and we talked about that. What type of challenges did you come across in that early firefighter tra training that was really challenging or you think uh, you weren't, you may not have, you may have underestimated coming into the game. On the fire side of things, mm -hmm. just not knowing, because I volunteered and I still didn't really know how much I was getting into out the door. So the first call they gave you, you know, after you do everything, you get your fire search and stuff like that, and then you run your first call. Well, no one's really showed you how to do a full two-minute drill, at least where I was at for the most part. We didn't do a full two-minute drill. I, I think they just expected that I already had done that either in the academy or something else. and. Something got lost in communication, so I'm just I'm nervous as I don't know what <laughs> what's going on. I just throw everything on and run out the door. So, what would you do different? Do you think is there anything you would uh, do different in your early well, early years, the first few years of your career? Now, do you think you would uh, do anything different other than maybe uh, take the take the first crack at the EMT test and get get it done? But uh, I don't know. I think it's you know that kind of builds a little bit of character too. It shows you uh, what you're capable of, and uh, once you put your mind to it and knocking it out. But uh, what would you do different about your your education and career so far? Uh, honestly, probably nothing. I've I've not had a good a good um, first test take attempt, pretty much. So almost most of my tests I have failed the first go around, which kind of sets me up for taking it the next time, just because I. I probably need an accommodation for most most of my tests anyways, where I'm in a room by myself, I can read the questions out loud and fully think about them and stuff like that, or I just don't know what they're really asking. But I think that for me, failing it the first time just kind of builds that morale for me, knowing that you know, well, at this point, nothing's okay. It's just, it's, I didn't fail. I, pa I didn't pass it this time. Well, there's next time. 
It's just a stumbling block, not a not a brick wall you can't get through. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on a half hour here. Um, anything else you want to share? I mean, this is uh, the opportunity to, to kind of share the, I don't know if I want to call this the Young Gun series episode, the new rookie episodes or what, but, uh, you know, on the job for a little over a year, been in a volunteer service for a while. What, you know, anything else you want to share about your experiences or your expectations going forward for the for your career that uh, listeners may be interested in? No, I just know that um, I had, I've already had two different lieutenants that I worked for, and both of them on my evaluations throughout the time have always told me that they really appreciate my enthusiasm and my motivation. Every time I come to work, I'm always wanting to do something. We're either learning, we're doing CPR training, we're doing stuff on the boat, or we're out doing district training, all of it's, you know, I've always usually come up with it, asking what we're going to do today and stuff like that. They like that people fresh in the fire department aren't just trying to sit there and just, you know, check a box, do this, do that, show up, get a check or whatever. I'm actually there because I want to learn. I'll, I was here. I got my job back. I want to make sure I do the job correctly. So I think that's something important to kind of put out there is that whoever's coming in my spot next pretty much, think about it and always try to do more. It's awesome words. Uh, uh, Kyle Walden, firefighter from Chesterfield EMS, uh, Chesterfield Fire and EMS. I appreciate you coming by. Thanks uh, Thanks for your time. Good luck in your career. Yes, sir. Thank you. And uh, I hope you're, you and your dad don't get any fire police uh, battles back home. I know we, there's always a lot of joking back and forth with firefighters and police officers, but it uh, sounds like your dad kind of encouraged you to go that path, and good for him. And thank you. Again, thanks to him for his service and time on the with the state police and to protecting our governors over the years. Yes, sir. I mean, if he would, if he could switch spots with me now, I'm sure he would. Well, but you don't want to switch spots with him because he's already retired. Oh no, I'm yeah, already yeah, loving yeah. what I'm doing. There but yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring him along, ride him on the engine one day. Exactly. See, see like it. Yeah, there you go. All right, Kyle. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming by and uh, good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Firehouse Logbook Podcast, and thanks to Kyle Walden for spending some time with me today and talking about some of his stories and his history. Uh, we'd also like to hear from the, uh, from the listeners. If you'd like to drop uh, me a line, we, I can be reached at, via email at firehouselogbook at gmail.com, or you can follow along with uh, what's going on with the podcast on at FDLogbook on Twitter, or on Instagram, it's at FDLogbookPodcast, or probably the best way to follow along with what's going on is follow on Facebook. And you can search FD Logbook or Firehouse Logbook Podcast, and the Firehouse Logbook Podcast should page should come up. Make sure you follow that, and uh, you can even put some faces with some of the voices you've been hearing on this and other episodes.